Welcome to the Remnant Christian Center's podcast. We hope you are encouraged by this message. How many are ready for the word of the Lord this morning? So I'm going to start a, a series. If you have your Bibles, come on, I want to see your old-fashioned Bibles. Lift up your hands. Lift, it, lift them up, okay? Uh, old-fashioned Bible holders. Lift them up one more time. <laughs> okay, I want to see it. I want to be like, I used to be like you. I really did. Then my eyes, my eyes gave out on me, really. So, like, I, I, I hate it because, like, I want to, so at night I take off my lenses and I could read. But now, now I'm like, I have to use the app. How many have an app or a smart device for their, for their Bibles? Okay. This is the age we're living in. As long as you get the word inside of you, all right? Hey, listen, let's go before the Lord and pray because the title of my message is It's Time to Shift. It's time to make a shift. Uh, and so there's a lot of implications on that. You see that up there? Oh, gosh, I'm, I'm going to preach myself happy today. I, I think this message is more for me I, than anybody else, but that's how it works. Because in order for the world to shift, the Christians must shift first. Amen? So, Lord, I just pray, Lord, in Jesus' name that you would anoint this word, Lord. There's people in here that have been stuck in a season, and it's time to move. So I'm asking you, Lord God, today that you would anoint me. And, Lord God, that the the power of your spirit, Lord, will flow, and the conviction and the encouragement of the Lord will come as the word of God is preached. Lord, let it be preached with signs and wonders following and with the power of the spirit in Jesus' name. And everyone said... All right, let's turn to the book of Joshua, chapter 3. Man, I don't even know if I'm going to get through this, to be honest with you. I, like, I have like 10 pages that I wrote, so I, honestly, I'm not going to get all through 10 pages. Uh, because this is all in me, and this is a mixture of prophetic preaching and also a very necessary preaching uh, for the body of Christ and for us. So wherever you're at, at the building, if you're at the way in the back or way in the front, I want you to pay attention it's now, it's going to seem like I forgot about the text, okay, but I'm not. I'm going to set a foundation on Joshua because what you're about to read is Joshua was in, oh, he was in a transitional moment in his life. How many feel stuck at some point of your life? Come on. How many of you feel stuck, stuck? Or currently you feel a little like stuck and you feel like lack of momentum. Most of the times I'm going to give you language today of of things of why you don't have language for some things and why you are usually in those areas if you feel stuck because God is trying to get you you're in a transitional season in your life in other words don't think of transition as only physical because that's very rare it does include physical but most of the time the transition that needs to take place in your life is spiritual mental emotional and there has to be a shift in order for you to move from one place of your life or one season of your life to the next if you're just waiting on God to do it for you here's the secret it's never going to happen there's people that only wait on God and bless the Lord they wait on God for everything hey what's about what's what's going on with your job I'm waiting for the Lord hey what's going on with your career I'm I'm just waiting for the Lord hey what's going on with that dream that you had and that book that you're gonna write the Lord is gonna do it well well sign me up for that because I've never seen the Lord write a book you got to pick up the pen, right? So I want you to look at Joshua because for the first time in Joshua's life, I want you to see this. He was in a transitional moment, and God wanted him to shift, and he had to decide if he was going to move when God moves, all right? Now, Joshua chapter 3, verse 1, 
through 5, it says this. And I want you to pay real close attention to some of these words because they're very prophetic in the preaching that I'm going to give. Now, if you're talking right now, I want you to pay attention to the word. And I do not apologize for that. All right? So if you're talking, have someone nudge them and say, hey, talk, stop talking. It's time for the word. Now, Joshua chapter 3, verse 1. Then Joshua rose early in the morning, and they set out from Acacia Grove and came to the Jordan. And all of the children of Israel had lodged in Now, just for a background, they were in the wilderness for 40 years. They're about to say 40 years. For the first time in 40 years, they're about to cross over the promised land. All right? Now watch this. They, they had never been there before. Say, they have never been there before. Say, where I'm about to go, I've never been there before. Oh, God. Say, where I'm about to go, I've never been there before. You guys, that's exciting. God is about to take you to a place you've never been before. So it's going to require some areas of shifting in your life to get to the place where God is already at. I'm just, I'm just going to preach my, I'm going to lay hands on my own head, right? Watch this. He, verse 2, verse 2. So it was after three days, it's up there on the screen, that the officers went through the camp, verse 3, and they commanded the people saying, listen, when you see the ark of the covenant of the Lord your God and the priests and the Levites bearing it, then you shall set out from the place, watch this, and you'll go after it. That could preach right there. You're going to go after that presence. You're going to go after the glory. I don't want you to stay there. You need to do some walking because you've been so used to the children of Israel having the glory and the presence come to them. He's like, there's a shift happening the, for the first time in 40 years. I want you to go after it. There was a cloud by day, fire by night, it, manna, quail, I mean, barbecue, birds coming down and they grilled them. Everything was provided for the children of Israel for 40 years. And now there's a shift going on. And he says, there's going to be the ark. I want you to go after it. Watch this. Watch this. That alone could preach the whole service. But I'm not, uh, I, I'm not looking at that. When you see the ark of the covenant, your God, and the priests and the Levites bearing it, you shall set for your place and go after it. Now watch verse 4 and 5. Yet there shall be a space between you and it, about 2,000 cubits, which is about 1,000 yards, okay, by measure. Do not come near it that you may know which way you're going to go. Watch this. I want you to say this with me closely. For you have not passed this way before. Joshua, what you're about to do is something that Moses never did because you've always saw Moses as your leader. You're about to go to a place where you never crossed before, where you've never been before. A place where Moses dreamt to be for 40 years. You're going to lead the people, and even though you don't know the land, you're going to go there. But you have to make that shift, Joshua. Watch this. Watch this. Verse 5. And Joshua said to the people, here's a key, little little secret. You want to go to that next level? You can't exclude this part. How many want to go to the next level? How many want to go to a place you've never been before in the spirit? Sanctify yourself, for tomorrow the Lord will do wonders among you. Now, I, I want to say this because this is a very pivotal moment for Joshua. I want you to understand how pivotal this was. Because for years, Joshua saw Moses do everything for the children of Israel. And Joshua saw Moses be the leader. Joshua saw Moses be a spiritual father. Joshua saw Moses go up to the mountain. 
and, he, and Joshua was kind of like, one of these days, oh, that is awesome. Oh, look how, he, look how he stretched his hands. Oh, that is amazing. And he's looking at Joshua, do all the things for him. And go through the wilderness and then get the Ten Commandments and his top assistant, the Bible says Joshua did not depart from the temple. Oh, I love that. Let's raise up some Joshua's that did not depart from the temple. He just wanted to stay in the presence of the Lord. But watch this, he watched, he watched. There's one thing about a season that you're in that you're just watching people uh, go from one place to another. Isn't, isn't, can, can we just talk like family? Isn't it pretty frustrating at, a, at one point in your life, it's frustrating when you are stuck in a certain place in your life and you see everybody else coming forward. And you see everybody else getting promoted. And you see everybody else getting free. And you see everybody else being happy or joyful of the promise of God. And sometimes we feel that we're stuck and we're seeing everybody passes by. And there's a re- I want to tell you that there's a reason for this. Because God is actually using frustration as a precursor to get you from one place to the next. Now, I want to say this because this is so important. Not only was it pivotal in Joshua, but he, he understood moments of transition. He understood moments of shifting. He understood that people that are in a transition in their life, I prophesy, some of you, you're in a transitional season in your life. Some of you is a transitional, literally physically, like, like my friend, the Bonds, who just came in from Texas, and, and, and they're by faith are coming in, uh, hardly knowing uh, some of the specifics, but they're following the voice of the Lord. Some of you are in a physical transition, and God is waiting to see if you move when he moves. Oh, watch. I'm getting ahead of myself. I'm getting ahead of myself. But I'm going to preach. I promise. I'm, I'm going to preach real good in just a minute. I'm laying a foundation. But some of you are like that, 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 that guy that has been sick in the pool of Bethesda for 38 years. And you're just waiting for the moving of the water. And, and, and nothing is happening because you're just waiting. And every time something happens, then it, someone gets in there before you, and you just feel bored in your walk with God. You feel ineffective in your walk with God. You feel like you're hitting a wall, right, in your walk with God. And most of the time when people experience uh, major shifts in their life, whether they themselves are transitioning or someone close to them is transitioning out of their life, it's filled with confusion. It's filled with anger. It's filled with offense. Why? Because we don't have language when God is trying to shift us from one season to the next. I'm going to try to help you to obtain what you're feeling is sometimes a spiritual power movement, forgive me for saying that, that you can't stop because God is trying to move you from one place of maturity to the next place. He's trying to move you from one place of complacency in your life to the next place of vibrancy. How long have you been in the place where you've been? That's the first thing that Jesus said to this to, to the to the guy. He's like, he was there for 38 years. I mean, that is a long time waiting for something to happen. That's just like the church. The church is just waiting for something to happen. But God's like, you need to shift in order to move. And I'm going to tell you something really profound. God is not going to move you unless you move you. So, so why, why do I say this? We have no language. How many of you in the season that you've been in, in, the, in a season of, like, uh, um, transition, but you have no language for it? You feel a little cranky. You feel a little frustrated. You feel a little out of touch, right? You feel a little uncomfortable. Why? 
because spiritual frustration is a precursor to a new door. I want to I I I say this. Put that first slide up. Put that first slide up because I want to mess it up if I don't say it right. Our frustration is oftentimes the precursor for the transition and shifting that God wants to do in our life. Come on, come on, come on. Because it's filled with unfamiliarity, uncertainty, and frustration. But our frustration oftentimes is the precursor for the transition and shifting that God wants to do in our lives. And if we don't yield to the shifting that's taking place from God in our lives, and what He's doing on the earth, you'll feel out of touch with what God is doing on the earth and in your life. Why do I say this? Because we've got to open up our eyes and realize that the signs of the coming of the Lord are now all around us. There has to be a shift in the way that you, in the way that you think and the way that you live in order for you to move to the place where God wants you to move. He will never force you to move to a spiritual place or be dedicated 100% or move from the area of bondage to freedom. You have to learn how to transition into that next season, which means you need to let go of some stuff. You need to let go of some of your past. You need to let go of some of the baggage. You need to let go of some of the negative influences, negative people, in order for you to get to that next season. If you don't, you will be held down and you will be frustrated because you're trying to move and somebody else is trying to stay there. Or, or your mind is in the past or your emotions are in the past and God is saying, I'm over here. If you just make some adjustments in your life, stop. Listen, st- if I can say it, stop whining and stop, and stop having a pity party about yourself. Because the, 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 the greatest transitions that ever happened in people's lives happened without feeling attached to it. I'm going to give you a little, a, a little encouragement this morning. If you want to shift to that season that God wants you to be and out of the area that you feel stuck, it has to be by a decision, not a feeling. Some people are waiting for a feeling to shift into a place of more vibrancy. Well, if I just get touched by God, if I just get healed by God, if I just get, listen, my transition happened while I'm still hurting. Why was the transition? The transition happened, the shift happened in my mind. If you're going to ever shift to one season to the next, it must start in the way you think. It must start in your mind. Poverty is a mindset that needs to be shifted, come on, out of the body of Christ because poverty is not just a spirit. We all say, the spirit, you know, charismatics have a spirit for everything. Spirit of poverty. What does a spirit of poverty look like a demon of poverty? Hey, yo, you have some change? You know what I mean? You got a dollar? Get away from me, demon of poverty. No, there's no, there's no just demon of poverty. There's a mindset of poverty. And in order for you to get out of poverty, stop rebuking the spirit and start changing your mind. Stop stop rebuking the spirit of poverty. I rebuke the spirit of poverty. You ain't going to do nothing unless you shift your mindset. On your mark, get set, go. And you know what the powerful thing is about shifting? This is what the Lord showed me. I remember when I was saying, like, like, uh, a month ago, some of you heard this, that I had a shift in my spirit, in my mind, 
where I was in that prayer room right there, and I was worshiping God, and I'm in extreme pain, and all of a sudden, I felt this. I know you've heard this before. Some of you haven't, but it goes along with my message. And I heard the Lord say, I want to wake up the lion inside of you. You know, Sometimes you're like, yay. I'm like Macinda, yay. How does that ha- happen? And I heard the Lord say, just worship me. And so I started worshiping. Guys, the shift happened when I got an impartation at Rich, Rich Vera's uh, uh, service. I didn't, I, I, I didn't, I didn't feel uh, a, a lot of the things that people feel, and we're waiting for a feeling. He released, a, watch this, watch this. He released a prophetic word over me and RCC. That's something you saw. Four and a half uh, minute prophecy. Something happened inside of me that day that, I, that was a shift. From that day forward, I looked at my pain and said, I'm going to go after the sick like never before. I'm never, I'm not, for three years I'm saying, if you heal me, this is a true story, if you heal me, I'll use it as a testimony and then I'll start healing services. If you heal me, then I'm going to show the world that I'm healed and then we're going to start having these healing services. That, but the shift happened when I had that impartation and the Lord says, start focusing your energy against the enemy instead of against me. Like you had these three years and waiting. And, and finally, I focused, my shift said, I said, devil, you will regret the day that you afflicted me. And, and, I, and I started doing that. I cannot believe what, I mean, this, this roar, this feeling came from inside of me, from the, from the ground up. And I said, even if I got to limp my way into this, I'm going to go after the sick like never before. I'm with devil. I'm going to make you pay. You watch. I'm going to see. Whenever I see a sick person, I'm going to pray for them. And I'm going to see healing. Why? There has to be a shift in your mindset. Now, watch this. Now, this is, this is, this is amazing because what I was preparing, for, <laughs> forgive me. Ever since I had uh, COVID, I'm like really dry mouth. Sorry, continue to, to listen. <laughs> All right. Now, <laughs> so watch this. Now, this, this, this is, I, I was flashing back while I was, I was preparing this message because I was learning how to shift and learning the language of transitional seasons. Watch this. So I remember the important thing about shifting in the natural. I remember when I was a little uh, younger and I was about 16 or 17, I remember my dad was trying to teach me stick shift, right? And, and I didn't like it. I didn't like the clutch. You know, that's old school. I, give me an automatic. But he started me with a stick shift because he had a Volkswagen bug. So I'm like, hey, let's, let's practice on the Volkswagen bug. And I remember get stuck, stuck, stuck all the time. And I was frustrated why I was getting stuck and there was no movement. Oh, come on. I'm going I'm to preach myself happy. And so, so my dad goes, son. The reason why it's stalling all the time on you is because you got to press the, the, the clutch pedal at the same time your hand is shifting the stick. Or else, if you don't shift when the, the stick is shifting, if you don't press the pedal when the stick is shifting, you will not go anywhere. you got to do it at the same time. And the Lord said to me, that is like the body of Christ. I am the hand that is on the stick shift of their life. And I've been trying to move them from one season to the next. But he is waiting for us to partner with him to push that pedal in our life. While he's shifting, you push that pedal and then there's movement. But the problem is God is trying to shift you and you're not pushing the pedal. 
you're frustrated and you're angry and you're, and, you're, and you're blaming God and you're blaming people and you're waiting for some miraculous thing to happen. And he's saying, shift when I shift. Move when I move. Where you go, I go. Come on. Where you... <laughs> listen, 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 listen. Watch this, watch this. God is the hand that's on the stick shift of your life. And he can't move you to the place where he wants you to unless you partner with him at the same time he's moving. In other words, is a surrender and a yes inside of your spirit that you say, I will do this. I will cut this off. And let me tell you, some of the greatest shifts that ever happened in America and in our nation happened with a decision. With a decision. Let's not spiritualize everything. The reason you're not on fire is because of you. I know that's hard. I know that's hard. No, God does not force himself on anybody. Listen, the sky is not the limit. God is the limit. And God has no, listen, God has no limitations. It's like the, it's like the four lepers in, in the kingdom. This is not even in my notes. The four lepers in the book of 1st uh, or 2nd Kings, they were dying. They had leprosy. They, I mean, leprosy sometimes, things fall off of you. Pieces of your nose and your fingers start falling off. And so they had a little meeting. And they're like, hey, what are we going to do? And one of, them said, one of them said, hey, if we, if we stay here doing nothing, we're going to die anyways. The other leper goes, yeah, uh, but if we go back, then we're going to die too. If we go back, we're going to die. And then the third leper goes, since we're going to die, why don't we go to the enemy's territory and take back what the enemy stole from us? If we're, if we're going to rot anyways, let's get some movement and let's go towards the enemy's camp and let's take back the spoils that they stole from us. And the Bible says that those lepers said, you're right, we're going to die anyways. Let's go. And when they went to the enemy's camp, the Bible says that it was empty because the Lord had scared them. And those lepers started, God is great. Give us a chocolate cake. You know, like he's a, he's a, he's a, he's a, all these lepers were getting the spoil, right? Watch this. Here's the key. They could have said, this could have been like a lot of people in the body of Christ that start feeling sorry for themselves. I'm never going to go anywhere. I'm, I'm never going to get healed. I'm never going to get played. I, God, you know, I don't even know how to do it. I don't even know how to do it. Okay, that's fair. You don't know how to do it. Stop whining. Listen, listen, and start surrendering. You know what happens when you surrender? Deliverance happens. Freedom happens. When you start shifting your mindset and start saying, I need to close these doors, things are going to start evolving in your life. God is the hand, we're the, we're the legs. God is waiting for his people to shift when he shifts. Here's the key, guys. The people of Israel had the cloud by day for many years and the fire by night. Watch this. They had the birds coming out. Look, 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 listen, this was, let's say this was the place where we would wake up every morning. We had tents all over here because they had tents, right? We'd wake up in the morning, and we see this big cloud of glory saying, Right, right kind of in a distance from God saying, I'm leading you, I'm guiding you, just follow that cloud. And it stayed there for many years. Guess what? As glorious as this place is, when the cloud moves, we've got to move. When the fire moves, we've got to move. Here's what God is doing. Do you know why you're frustrated? I'm going to tell you why you're frustrated. 
This is a precursor for you to do something about your frustration and not stay in the place that you're at. You've got to start saying, you know what? Frustration is a precursor for a new door that God is trying to open in my life. It's a, it's a language that you and I must adopt in order for, for us to go from glory, come on, to glory. Every transitional shift has a story behind it. This is the next slide. Leading to a new door in your life. Every transitional shift has a story behind it. Is that true? In your life, is there a story behind your shifts, right, that led you to the place that you're at? You just didn't, you just didn't evolve naturally into maturity. Maturity is intentional. Now, here's another way that we shift. You can check, take that slide off. Quick obedience to the voice of the Lord. Some of you are here because you've been feeling the nudging of the Lord saying, come, come. Oh, I don't want to come. I don't want to come. I feel like a hypocrite. I feel like I'm not doing anything. God says, come. This is your season. If you stay there, you're not going to move. You're not going to grow. And that's why you feel stuck because he's trying to shift and you're not pressing the pedal. You know what pressing the pedal is? Here I am. I'm showing up. I'm moving. I'm coming. You want me to, you want me to do this? I surrender. I say yes. If not, we will be miserable all the days of our life. There's nothing worse than a Christian that doesn't move when God moves and is stuck in the same season over and over and over and over again. Some people are stuck in a season right now of negative thinking. Some of you are stuck in a season of negative thinking, of, of negative uh, 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 things in your life, and you need to let that go. I'm going to say this boldly. Some of the things that ne you need to do to cross over to the other side is, I'm going to show you in a second, some of the things we need to do to cross over, everybody say cross over, is that we need to learn how to forget about, are you ready, our past. If you don't learn how to forget about your past, you will never be able to fully cross over into the promised land because your past carries guilt attached to it. Your past carries uh, uh, condemnation about it or pain. Now let me just talk about pain. I'm not just talking about physical pain. I want to talk about pain in general for just a second, right? Sometimes because we're so hard-headed, sometimes it takes pain and discouragement to get us to shift. Oh God. Some of you wouldn't be here if pain didn't lead you here. Thank God. Thank God for emotional pain. Thank God for so. Thank God for some some problems sometimes in your marriage. Thank God sometimes for some issues in your life that pop up because it forces you to make a decision. I need a breakthrough, and I, the only way I know is to call out to God and come to the house of the Lord. Sometimes God uses pain and discouragement to shift you out of that season of mundane, robotic, autopilot Christianity. Come on, some of us are on, on autopilot. What is autopilot Christianity? Doing the same thing over and over again, not having any excitement. You're just doing it because you have to. You come to church, you hear a sermon, you're falling asleep at church, you're, you're distracted at church, but, you know, your wife wants you to be there, or your husband wants you to be there, or your kids go to good church, and that's why you're there. You're just enduring. Nothing worse, by the way, than a Christian that comes to church and you're enduring. I'm just, I'm just here because the youth, the, the youth ministry is good, but boy, I can't wait. You're, listen, Mike Bickle said something so powerful one time. He said, the prayer room is a torture chamber for those who have a dull spirit. 
church will be a torture chamber for you if you have a dull spirit. If you're not willing to surrender, this place will be a Hurry up. He only says five minutes. Oh, my God. Instead of saying, I'm getting something le mignon and some salad and some mashed potatoes and some grits and some cornbread. And you're eating them some maduros in the spirit, some salad. People who are hungry won't do this. People who are bored will always be fidgety. You know why? You know why? Because you are waiting for God to do something that he's already told you to do. You must let go of your past. Everybody say past. If you're going to cross over. Now watch this. I, I looked at the word cross over. Oh my gosh. Guys, you're going to shout. If not, I'm going to shout for you. I looked up the Hebrew word for cross over. Everybody say crossover, right? And this is what I saw. The Hebrew word for crossover is the word abar. Everybody say abar. You're probably mispronouncing it. It's probably abar. Watch this. The definition for crossover. Everybody say crossover. Remember, Joshua was crossing over from the wilderness to cross over the Jordan to get into the promised land. He had never been that place before. I'm telling you. You're about to go to a place you've never been before, but it requires a lot. And I'm going to share that in just a second. So watch this. A bar means to cross over, means to pass over. Watch this. Listen. To vanish. Vanish? Cross over? To vanish. To cease to exist. To do away with and to escape. So we always think crossing over is like, hey, I'm just crossing over. I'm just, I'm just going to the other side. I'm going to the other side. I'm going from one reality of living all my life for the last five years to another vibrant reality that I've never lived in, and I want this new life here. Right? Crossing over, according to the Hebrew, is not just, hi, I'm crossing over. Oh, this is great. I'm crossing over. I'm crossing over. Now I'm, now I'm vibrant again. Way. Hallelujah. No. You know what crossing over is? In order for me to get to the other side, things have to vanish. In order for me to come over here. So in order for me to be sustained here, I got to make a decision that my past has to stay there, my negative thing has to stay there, and it has to vanish. It has to be ceasing to exist in order for you to function here. Because in here, there's a new level that God has for you. And you can't afford to have old thinking with new realities. That's why it's time for you to shift. You've been bored for way too long. Get out of your boredness. You, you've been lifeless way too long. Cross over to the other side and leave that. I don't know how to. Repent. That's how you do it. You repent and you move on and you say, no longer is that going to identify me here. You want freedom? Die to yourself. Catherine Kuhlman, the great healing evangelist in the 50s and 60s, packed out stadiums. I just read, I just read something the other day, you saw it probably on Facebook, that she was so filled with the glory. She would walk by airports, and, and there would be there was a disturbance, right? They call it a disturbance. People would be laid out 
uh, on the on the on the uh, the runway every time Miss Kuma would come because she's so filled with God's glory. And they and they were like, Miss Kuma, you, we have to take you privately because you can't do that. She goes, I'm not doing that. She goes, I can't stop God if God wants to touch people through me, right? Here's my point. We only focus. This is so good. We only focus on Peter and the shadow, you know, such an anointing in the shadow. We only focus on Catherine Kuhlman as she walks to the airport. People are falling out. And we say, wow, I want to be that way. But if you look at her life, she had to die to her old self. She had to cross over. You know why? In her book, and it's in her book. You can read it in her autobiography. She had a divorce. Catherine Kuhlman, first of all, in those days, being a woman preacher is very difficult. So that was no strike number one. You're a woman, you're a woman preacher, and, and they, were, they, were, they were shocking all the people how God was using her. Not only that, she made a mistake, and she, and, and she, wrong, she married someone that, that was not s- someone for her. So she repented. She had a very hurtful divorce. Strike number two for Ms. Coleman, the glory carrier. We see that, right? The bi- I mean, the, her autobiography says that she came to a dead end. True story. She came to a dead end in her life, and it said dead end. She was already divorced. People were already criticizing her because she's a woman. She came to a dead end on the road, and she, began to, she had a nervous breakdown. She was crying uncontrollably. And all of a sudden, she heard, she's like, I, I feel like a failure. No one's going to listen to me. I'm a woman. Now I'm divorced. I have nothing else to give you. She heard the voice of the Lord strongly. And the voice of the Lord said this, Catherine, and she's sobbing. She says, yes, Lord. She said, did I forgive you? She said, yes, you forgive me. Did you ask for forgiveness from me? Yes. Did my blood forgive you? Yes. Then the Lord says, then that Catherine died in my eyes. That Catherine that you said forgive me, I don't remember that anymore. She died. This is what I see, the new Catherine. From this day forward, this is what she said, turn around from that dead end, and the next years of your life will be the most fruitful years of your life. You know that the last 10 years of her life, I have a friend that's watching that he knows what I'm talking about. He used to serve with this Catherine Kuhlman, right? The last 10 to 15 years of her life, she had arthritis, she had a large heart, but she carried the glory everywhere she went. She crossed over. She crossed over and she left her past of divorce, shame, opinions of people. And said, it doesn't matter what they say. And this is a true story. Because the devil, you know, the devil's still the devil. You understand that. Don't ever think that you're going to cross over and leave your past and the devil's not going to remind you about your past every single day. Don't ever think that you're going to do that. No, he's, the devil is always going to rhyme, remind you of your past. When he does that, you just remind him of his future in the lake of the fire. Of the lake of fire. That's all you got to do. And they would interview Miss Coolman. They would interview her. Oh, oh, but you're a divorced woman. How can you carry the gospel? And she would say this with confidence. That Catherine died a long time ago. Some of you, I'm going to run around this. The devil, oh, yeah, but you did this, and you just had sex there, and you had that. And if you truly repented, if you truly said, God, forgive me, and you truly had deliverance, fruit, fruit of deliverance. Because some people apologize, and they don't have changed behavior. Apology is not a changed behavior. Repentance brings changed behavior. 
and you repent and you allow the Holy Spirit to break in in your life, you know what's going to happen? You know what's going to happen? They're going to ask you, yeah, but you did this, and yeah, you got this, and you got a divorce, and yeah, you got this, and you say, yeah, that was that, that, was that person, but that person died a long time ago. That's the shift that needs to happen in some of your life. Stop living in the land of your past and start crossing over to the promised land. If you hang on to your past, you will never get to the promised land. Could you imagine Joshua going, I don't know if I could do it, Lord. I don't know. You need to lead it. Moses, <laughs> I, I love the, the directness of the Lord because in Joshua chapter 1, which I did not read, which is one of my favorite scriptures, he starts off Joshua. Like, it's not like, hey, Joshua, here's the introduction to the book of Joshua, the mighty Joshua, leading the people of Israel. Just read it, Joshua chapter 1. He told Joshua, Moses, my servant is dead. Like, what? He's dead. In other words, as powerful as Moses was in your past, in order for you to lead the people yourself, you got to let Moses go. But Moses is good. Moses represents good. Listen, if you're only focusing on all the good stuff you did 10 years ago and there's no fresh revelation, no fresh testimony now, you're going to hit live off the coattails of your knowledge and your past victories instead of saying, listen, Moses, my servant is dead. It's time for Joshua to arise. It's time for Joshua to arise at RCC. Moses, my servant, is dead. He represents good stuff. Watch this. Watch this. Are you getting something this morning? Everybody say crossover. I'm going to give you about four key things that I feel. I didn't read it in a book. Four key things that I feel are necessary for you to do to shift in order to cross over. Are you ready? Four things that I see in the scripture four or five things that we must do in order to go from the wilderness season all the time to a place flowing with milk and honey in the spirit. Now, that doesn't mean we're not going to have problems over here on this side. But it does mean that you've left your past behind. It does mean that you've dealt with your past. And you, some of you, I just feel that from the Lord. Some of you just got to resolve today. After you repent, repentance has, bec has become a curse word in the church. Repent? No. No, it's beautiful. The Bible says it's the goodness of God that leads us to repentance. Goodness, right? So you do that, you repent, you get delivered with, watch this, fruits of deliverance. In other words, people could see change in you. Not just, I'm changed, I'm changed. So here I am. No, fruits of change, fruits of deliverance that stay with you forever, not seasonal, not seasonal. Listen, I don't, I don't, I have bad days, but I never have bad days and say, man, I'm just going to I'm just going to go cheat on my wife and then come back. Or I'm just going to, I'm just going to watch pornography and then do, I'm just going to, you know, hit my wife. I, oh, that was just a season. No, it's not a season. The season, it's not, it's, it's a season. It's this person died and there's new life coming. I say this with all confidence and humility. I've had a lot of trials in my life. I've never backslid though. What am I talking about? Did I did I get mad at God? Yes. Did I struggle in my walk with God at times? Absolutely. But because of the deep roots that I had established early on in my life, I couldn't turn wholeheartedly to the world. Because watch this. The pain of being stuck was worse 
is bad, but the pain of not being with God was worse. All right? So I say this to say this. I'm going to give you four or five things. I want you to see the, per- the, first point, the first point. In order for us to shift and make some movement, we're about to call the worship team. Are you getting something? Number one, number one, identify and deal with any circumstances that are trying to stop you, sorry, negative circumstances, that are trying to stop you from crossing over to what God is shifting you to do. Some of you know you're called to sing. Some of you know that you're called to be a business person. Some of you know, let me just make it real elementary. It's not even you know what God is calling you to do. Sometimes you know that where you're at spiritually for the last five years, four years, three years, two years, one month, is definitely not where God wants you to be. And God is saying, come on to the other side. Forget about your failures. Forget about the, the past. Listen, let go. Everybody say let go. Of every negative circumstance that is trying to stop you from crossing over. I want to say this real powerful. Okay? Transition always involves a sense of loss of something. Hear me. Hear me. Every time we transition or shift from one season or from one level to another in our life, there's a sense of loss. For, for Joshua, the, the sense of loss was Moses. There was a sense of loss there because there's some good things that we have to continue to have, but there's some good things that we cannot. I'm going to say something that just came to my mind. In the, I think in the NLT, it's not even in my notes. In Ecclesiastes, it, it says something that I, for a long time I, I wondered why the Bible said this. Solomon said, don't wish for the good old days. Somebody look that up. Somebody look that up. Just, just in your search bar, NLT, don't wish for the good old days. It's, it's in Ecclesiastes. I'm like, what? Don't wish for the good old days? I like the good old days. Come on. Like, it's like, hey, we love the good old days. We're all, right? You know why I realized that the Bible says, do not wish for the good old days? I was shocked is because if you stay stuck in the good old days, you'll never advance in the new days. Where is it at? Ecclesiastes 7, 10, and the NLT, right? The NLT? Okay. That was in my notes, so so I have the spirit of Enrique today. You know, I told Joanne, I have the spirit of Enrique. I have a couple of scriptures that I want. What does that say, guys? What does that say? Don't long for the good old days. This is not wise. Because people that stay in the good old days never cross over. They never cross over. They always have an old testimony, the old story, and it's a sign that something active is not happening in their life now. And if I could be honest, sometimes that's a defense mechanism to, to shield what you really are not happening in your life. Oh, yeah, I remember. Oh, yeah, but, oh, I could have a conversation with you because, you know, 10 years ago I went on a mission trip and God used me. I bought to, oh, yeah, that's right. Yep, yeah, I, I remember. I used to cast out demons. Yeah, yeah, just like me 10 years ago. Today is the day of salvation, right? Here's the Spirit of the Lord asking you, what is your position in Christ today? Ask yourself that. Am I vibrant? Am I fully sold out to the Lord? So, so watch this. Say negative. All right? And sometimes when you're at your lowest, that's when God invites you to cross over. You guys just missed that. Sometimes when you're at your lowest in your life, that's when God says, okay, I'm going to allow this to have you cross over to the other side. 
I know people in our congregation, because I'm your, I'm your pastor, that you've had to suffer a lot. But it's because you're walking over the Jordan. And the Jordan is murky. The Jordan is dark. But keep walking. Keep walking. Face those fears. Face those hurts. Face the frustration. And once you get to the other side, let that old you die and don't pick it up again. And if the enemy keeps on asking, you say, that person is not me anymore. Can I hear an amen? Look at number two. And we're almost done. We have a couple more. The second thing we need to have to cross over, look at the screen, is we must have walked by faith. Because when we shift, when God shifts, we most likely have never been there before. Look, Joshua chapter 3 verse 4. It says it up on the screen. Joshua chapter 3 verse 4. Look at this. We read this in the beginning. Do not come near it that you may know which way you must go. For you have not passed this way before. Say that with me, everybody. Say, I have not passed this way before. Where God is taking me, I have never been before. So I need faith in order to see it. Listen, all your experience is good, but your experience is not going to prepare you fully for the next season that God has you in because you've never been there before. So if you've never been there before, you have to walk by faith. And you have to believe that you are a candidate of the goodness of God, the blessing of God, the favor of God. There's nothing worse than a Christian that always denounces the blessing of God all in the name of humility. Uh, I don't need, I don't need, no, 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 bless God, I don't need, I, don't, I just want to serve, I don't want to, I don't want blessing, I don't want that. No, come on, God wants to bless you. It's a shift in your mind. That's what happened to me. That's what happened to me. By the way, this is a journey shift. This, this is not a one-time shift and it's done. No, you keep on pushing that pedal and you keep on moving when God moves. And that's how you go from glory to glory. But it's a change in your mindset, how I thought about money. It was a gradual change until I could stand here confidently without saying sorry to you and saying we need to raise $70,000. The OPG had an old mindset. I would never say that because I thought, oh, you know, I don't want them to think that I'm all about money and all that stuff. When you know who you are in Christ, that's the biggest shift that could happen in your life. The second thing is you have to walk by faith because you're in a new season. I'm going to prophesy to RCC right now. I'm going to prophesy what I heard the Lord say. Some of you are entering into a new season that you've never been in before. So it's going to require blind faith and trust and yielding, even when you don't have the answers before you go. Before you go, you need to have faith. Listen, uh, uh, the Bond family, who will come here every now and then, we want, I want to embrace them. They're my friends. They came by faith, by faith. On the voice of the Lord, the word of the Lord. Do you know how hard that is? We, we, we as Christians, we want to cross the, uh, the, the, the T's and dot the I's, and we won't move unless we have finances on the other end. We won't be obedient to, to what God tells us to do unless everything is, uh, is in a row. How about if God tells you to do something and you bear witness to that and you do it not knowing where you're going and how God's going to provide? That's a little radical, right? But God did it to Abraham. God says, get out of your house. Start walking. Can you, can you imagine? Where, where, Lord? Just stop walking until I tell you to stop. Could you imagine God doing that to you? Hey, uh, Susie, I want you to get up. Yes, Lord. Start walking. Okay. Keep walking. Turn left. All right. Turn left. Turn left. Keep walking for eight miles. Are we there yet, Lord? Are we, yet? Are we there yet? Are we there yet? Are we there yet? Are we there yet? 
turn right, right? All of a sudden, you get to your destination solely by the voice of the Lord. If you are obedient to the voice of the Lord when he tells you to do something, listen, to shift. Some of you, your shift is not physical. Your shift is happening in your mind. Your shift is happening in your emotions. You've been beating yourself up for such a long time. You ha- you're shy. You're insecure. God wants to give you some leadership responsibilities. God wants to give you some responsibility in your life. Can I hear an amen? I want the worship team to come up. I want the worship team to come up. We're going to close in just a minute. Say crossover. Here's what I heard the Lord say. This is for somebody. I heard the Lord say, embrace the new. Listen, listen, listen. Embrace the new. That means get used to unfamiliarity for a season. Get used to surrendering and watch this, things looking different, looking different. There's a shift that we need to happen in our own spiritual lives because there's a shift in America. America is no longer the nation that we thought it was even a year ago. America is no longer, listen guys, listen guys, when, when people are now being forced that said you can't eat without a vaccine or you can't, or you can't fly with that, guys, wake up shifting is happening all over the nations and we must shift and wake up we must be bold we must take a stand we must live uh, according watch this to the word of the lord i'm going to say something so powerful here in a few minutes if you want to shift you need to leave the past behind say leave the past number two i need to grow in my faith say grow in my faith what is growing in my faith is i want everyone to look at me i'm almost closing look at me it's not just believing in God. In order to shift to the next season, I believe God is trying to say to us, dare to believe for what you said couldn't happen in that old season. Before you crossed over, your faith was, well, I guess it, these are the cards that God gave me or that devil gave me. And this is what I have. But, but in this season, when you cross over, it's daring to believe for the impossible daring to believe that God will suddenly bring healing to you and your family, daring to believe that God could restore a marriage that the devil said is over, daring to believe that your health will get better. It's believing for the impossible. Mm, I feel that. It's believing for the impossible. PG, this is impossible. This is where God is at. He's in the impossible. But what about my past? She's dead. It's a whole mindset that, ha- that cleanses you. Watch this. From condemnation. Let's write it here. It cleanses you through the Holy Ghost. It cleanses you from shame. This, this other side is a bar. A bar means bye-bye to wilderness. Not that we're not going to have it, but it's bye-bye to that old you. And faith arising, healing arising, confidence arising, boldness arising, assignment of the Lord is being accepted here. If you're a teacher, it's time to teach. If you're a preacher, it's time to preach. If you're a musician, it's time to play. If you're a singer, it's time to sing. 
If you're a business person, it's time to make money and sow into the kingdom of God and stop withholding your money. That's what's on the other side. On this side is complaining and woe is me and I'm shameful and I can't get things done and I'm, and I'm living in this great life but I'm on autopilot and I'm bored. Crossing over is I'm going to be bold. I have a call of God in my life that I've been delaying for a long time. And sometimes you just got to say enough is enough. I've been away from God for so long. This is my season now. Come on, say, this is my season now. Woo. Come on, do you feel that? Come on, say, this is my season. Oh, no, 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 no. See, all the, all the, all the cool guys, are just not, they're not, they're not. I'm going to ask you to be like a little child right now. Just to be like a little kid. Say, this is my season for growth. This is my season for health. This is my season for healing. This is my season for restoration. Do you believe that? Then cross over right here. You have to do it here first. Cross over in your, oh God, I feel the Holy Ghost. Cross over right here. The Bible says how one thinks in his heart, so he is. If you say that you're gonna be nobody and you're never gonna get delivered, guess what? You're never going to be delivered. If you say, I'm never going to be vibrant for God, you're never going to be vibrant for God. Well, you don't understand, PG, I'm just stuck. Move your stick and your pedal. When God is moving, you move. Stop waiting for a feeling or a dream or a vision. It is so easy to shift from one season to the next if Jesus Christ himself opens up and comes into your room. George, my son, you've been calling me. I've been waiting for this, Lord. Thank you. In two, in two hours, you will be totally healed. Everybody could serve God if that happens. Everybody. Well, what if God is saying, I've been waiting for you here this whole time, but I've been waiting for you to make the shift in your life. I've been waiting for you to let go of some negative things in your life, some influence. I'm going to say to you a couple things that you're not going to shout at me. Only the fiery people will shout at me in a second. I, okay, thirdly, and I'm almost done. In order to cross over, we need to shift what comes out of your mouth. Oh, if you're going to get to the other side, people of God, you must change the way you speak. I'm speaking to myself because every now and then the Holy Spirit has to be like, like because I can I mess things up with my complaining. If I could just be honest with you, Pastor George, you complain, yes, and I try to correct it. That means there's hope for you. Listen, if you're gonna shift and cross over, you need to learn how to manage what comes out your mouth during hurtful seasons of your life. No other thing grieves the Holy Spirit more than your words. I don't have time to show you, but in Thessalonians it says, quench not the Holy Spirit. Then it says, do not grieve the Holy Spirit. And he's talking just the verse before about your mouth. Your confession. Some of you need a shift because that's what happened to me. When I was over here, you know what happened? When I was in the prayer room, the Lord shifted me and he says, you're cursing yourself. That's what he told me. He goes, stop cursing yourself. Stop cursing yourself. I'm never going to get healed. 
I just, I'm just, uh, I've tried and nothing ever happens for me. Change the way you speak. I used to get, I used to repeatedly get mad at God. This season, I'm not. No matter what happens, I'll wake up sometimes excruciating pain. Thank you, Lord. It's a shift. Thank you, Lord. Thank you. You're good. Last night, one whole side of me was burning and filled with pain like a knife was in it. And I just, Lord, you're good. And I play that song, the goodness of God. And I will declare the goodness of God. You have to change the way you speak if you're going to stay on the other side. Listen, once you get on the other side, I'm going to give you a prophetic thing. The devil will always try to latch his hooks to pull you back. And one of the ways he does it is that he puts seeds of negative words in your life. My marriage is never going to work. I'm never going to be free from fire. I'm never going to be free from this addiction. I'm never going to be happy. I'm never going to be this. I'm never going to be that. You are cursing yourself with your words. You're going to shift. You have to decide to not only leave your past there and your negative things there. You not only have to walk in faith. You have to start changing the way you speak. Change the way you speak to God and change the way you speak to people. This is for somebody in this room today. You've been complaining way too much. Last week, who was here last week? Who was here last week? I was reading the story of Paul, remember? One time I got stoned, remember? One time I got beaten three times for the gospel. And then another time I got whipped five times like Jesus. And another time I got shipwrecked in my private time. This is what I didn't tell you. In my private time while I'm reading that, this is the great apostle Paul who wrote a third of the New Testament under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit saying, one time I got stoned. Has anybody ever got stoned in here? I mean, I'm talking about that stone. You know what I mean? I'm not talking about that. I'm not talking about the other stone. I'm not talking about weed stone. I'm talking about rocks, <laughs> boulders, crushing your cranium. Has that ever happened to you guys? Some pretty bad stuff has happened to you guys, right? Has boulders, has a group of people condemned you so bad that they were hurling boulders at you because they thought you were a heretic? Has that ever happened to you? Have you ever had 39 whips like Jesus five times? Have you ever, had, have you ever been shipwrecked and lost all your money three times, been naked, cold, not have enough food. This is Apostle Paul. When I read that, listen to me, listen to me. You're going to miss everything. I was weeping. I, I remember where I was at. It was just a week ago. In my kitchen, I'm weeping. I'm like, who am I to complain? When I read this, me and Pastor Keith were talking this morning. And we missed the whole thing, the whole revelation. Paul said that I may know you and the fellowship is suffering, right? We harp on suffering, right? That's true. Have you ever harped on the word fellowship? What does fellowship mean? Fellowship means I know you. You're close to me. <laughs> hey, don't bump me like that. All right? You're, listen, I'm close to you. Listen, we know each other. The Bible says, may the grace of the Lord. <laughs> That's suffering. I get that suffering out of me, right? May the grace of the Lord, the love of Jesus, watch this. And the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you all. Paul knew a secret about fellowship. It's very close intimacy, right? But we associate fellowship with intimacy with God. We've never associated fellowship, that same word, with suffering. Paul was trying to say, are you ready for this? In 
in order for you to get close to God, you have to know what it is to be close to suffering. That's not the American gospel. We want, we want the boats and the cars and no suffering and, and, the, and God forbid if our AC goes out and things are happening, see you later God. Change the way we think and change the way we speak. This is the last one. I'm going to shock you now. I'm going to shock you. The fourth thing is found in Scripture. I'm going to close with this. New shifts and transitions require greater consecration and holiness in our lives. If you're going to, so watch this. The first three is how to get you to the other side. But once you're on the other side, to stay on the other side, it takes consecration and holiness in your life. We need to start realizing this. And you're not going to hear this in a lot of churches when I'm about to say it. Sin separates you from God. Open doors of sin, hidden sin, quench the fire of God in your life. Sin, sin. Worldliness. Things that we entertain. Now, now, now Joanne, I'm, I'm going to flow in the spirit. I'm going to give you a scripture that I didn't even give you, okay? And I, I felt it this morning. The Bible says that even Satan transforms himself as an angel of light. In other words, convincing you that what you're doing is nice. It's okay. God understands. Right? It's, it's convincing you. I am convinced. Watch this. Not watch. This is crazy. Why do I say holiness? and consecration because the last thing Joshua said in the crossover is sanctify yourself for tomorrow I'm going to do wonders for you watch this I'm going I'm to say something that may offend some of you we need to reevaluate how we view worldliness that's the shift I, I, okay wait you, some of you are going to clap what I'm about to say and I'm not harping on this I'm just choosing one because because what I'm about to say, I've seen so many people, so many Christians flock to this. And they're being influenced by demons. And they're being, they're entertained by demons. And hundreds, if not thousands of Christians, the Bible says, my people perish because I've not acknowledged. And yet we have no shift in our mind about what is good and what is evil and what is demonic and what will she stay away from. Halloween Horror Nights is demonic. I know, I know, I know. I'm going to get a lot of enemies, but I love you. You're, you're, you're excited to go to a place that's mimicking demons. In the book of Leviticus, it says don't even set your eyes on divination. Don't even set your eyes on it. Yet we're running to Halloween Horror Nights. I want to get scared. Ooh, and there's demons scaring you. Pastor George, I can't believe you. You said that. That's my, that's my sacred cow. It's time to burn the sacred cow. It's time to stop entertaining demonic things and finding out why you're not growing. Because your doors that of your heart are only coming in through what you see and what you hear. How does lust come in your heart? While you're sleeping? No. Because at one time, listen, you open your eyes to it. I said this before and I said it again. If you have a lust problem, it's because you have an eye problem. Lust does not come in by osmosis. It comes in by what you decide to see. And if you're coming in and saying, oh, I love these Halloween Horror Nights. Those are demonic things. And listen, listen, watch this. 
This scripture, I promise I'll, I'll, I'll go up. I'm not even going to say five minutes. I'm not going to say five minutes. But, but, but I <laughs> watch this. Watch this. 2 Corinthians 11. It's not, it's not in my notes. Chapter 11, verse 12 through 15 in the NLT. This is how I'm going to close. I have more points, but I just don't have time. Okay? I'll do it next week. How many ready to shift? How many ready to cross over the other side? That means you got to forget some stuff. you got to choose to forget your past. Once God forgave you, stop beating yourself up. you got to change the way you speak. Your confessions. No, no, no. God is going to bless me. No, no, no. No, no, no. I don't receive that. No, God is going to bless me. I don't know how, but he's going to bless me. And his blessing may be different than what you're thinking. Now watch this. Here's the last thing. Watch this. But I, Paul, Paul said, I will continue to doing what I have always done. He's talking about deceivers. In other words, the people deceiving, uh, portraying themselves as these good people, but they're deceivers. That's what the enemy does. I'm going to say something real powerful next. I'm going to close. I will continue to do what I've always done. Watch this. This will undercut those who are looking for an opportunity to boast that their work is just like ours. That's how the enemy does the enemy convinces us, that's not, it's, listen, watch this. The enemy, enemy says, what that pastor is saying is just super religious. Don't listen to him. <laughs> go with me for a second. He's just being religious. You could go to Halloween Horror Nights. I still love you. Watch this, watch this. These people are false apostles. There are deceitful workers who disguise themselves as apostles of Christ. Watch this, now watch this. But I am not surprised. Even Satan disguised himself as an angel of light. Paul the Apostle goes, I'm not surprised that all these deceivers are trying to deceive you because they're coming from him. Watch, I'll, I'll, I'll end it with this. So it's no wonder that, see that word his, that's in, in lowercase, his servants, that's not God's servants, that's the devil's servants. So it's no wonder that the devil's servants also disguise themselves as servants of righteousness. And in the end, they will get the punishment their wicked deeds deserve. I'm going to give you one revelation, and then we're going to shift this morning. The devil will never, ever, ever show up with a pitchfork and a, and, a, and, a, and a clove tongue. He will never show up with a tail, and he will never show up, listen, he will never show up to you scary and grotesque. Because he wants you to believe that what you're entertaining is good. Watch this. It's nice. It, you deserve it. You got hurt. You deserve a little party. You deserve a little sin. You got angry with God. Come on, let God have it. Watch this. And you cross over to the other side. And the enemy will never ever convinced, never came to you with a, with a red pitchfork. Do you know the first temptation that was ever recorded in the book of Genesis, ever, was not a girl being lusted after, was not alcohol, was to get to doubt the voice of the Lord. The very first temptation known to man was not, hey, do you want some drugs? Hey, do you want, do you want some, that, that girl over there? Or do you want that, this? No, it was, did God say? Well, I'm not supposed to eat that devil snake. 
I'm not supposed to eat that. No, 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 no. That's what he does. No, 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 no. That's, that's just religious talk. Religious people say that. Pastor George and all those, all those religious people say that. You can eat that. It, it, what, what God was trying to say, see how he twists it? Is that if you eat that, you'll know good and evil, but you won't die. Oh. Always remember this. The first thing the enemy always attacks in your life is the voice of the Lord that God spoke to you. And the written word. God didn't say that. God didn't say that it's okay to, for you not to indulge with demonic stuff. He didn't really mean it that way. We're modernized now. This is, this is what it means now. The method may change, but the message will never change. On your mark, get set, go. Some of you need to shift right now, this morning, in your mind. Because you've been here, watch this, for way too long. And God says, a bar. Crossover, a bar. Forget, vanish, vanquish, escape that, die to that, and have let go of the negative things over there in this side. Watch what you say, build your faith up, and live in an area of consecration and holiness so that you could go on the other side. How many want to do that? Come on, lift up your hands to the Lord. Come on, stand up to your feet. Stand up to your feet. Come on, I want you to get up in your feet right now. Some of you are going to cross over today from lukewarm to fire. Some of you are going to cross over from doubt to faith. Some of you are going to cross over today in your mind. Come on. In your mind, you're going to take a step. Uh, and you're going to, I hear, I hear this from the Lord. You're going to forget some condemnation in your life. You've been condemned for a long time. You've been walking in shame for a long time. God says cross over and forget about your past. Thank you for tuning in. For more information about us, please visit remnantchristiancenter.com.